Hi, everyone, and welcome to another ICM and Next Collaboration podcast. My name is Rahul Costapinto. I'm an intensivist at the Austin Hospital in Melbourne, Australia, and an ESICM Next committee member. Joining me today are Professors Sigal Sviri and Michael Beale from the Medical Intensive Care Unit at the Hadassah Hebrew University Medical Center in Jerusalem. And we'll be talking about their recent ICM publication entitled Clustering Analysis of Geriatric and Acute Characteristics in a Cohort of Very Old Patients on Admission to ICU. Sigal and Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for inviting us. Yeah, hello, thank you for the invitation. Um, so frailty, functional capability and medical comorbidities are just some of the important considerations for intensivists when admitting patients to the intensive care unit. And I think particularly for patients over the age of 80. Sigal, what was the rationale for performing a clustering analysis of such characteristics in your study? Um, so we know that critical care for the elderly poses many challenges for clinicians, mainly due to uncertainty regarding the patient's potential to benefit from ICU. And when we talk about benefit, we talk about survival, both short-term and long-term, but we also need to look at functional outcome and quality of life after discharge. So as you said, when considering admission of elderly patients to the ICU, we need to look at the characteristics of the critical illness, the uh, severity of illness and the diagnosis. But we also need to look at chronic conditions which have a high prevalence in the very old, such as multimorbidity, uh, frailty, uh, as well as cognitive and functional impairments and polypharmacy. And we can term these together as geriatric conditions. So when geriatricians assess elderly patients, they usually do a comprehensive geriatric assessment, which looks at all these functions, but really this is not practical in the ICU. So we need to focus on a subgroup of geriatric features that can be easily and clearly examined in the setting. So following the VIP study, which showed a correlation between frailty and mortality, we still felt that the complexity and heterogeneity of the cohort of very old patients requires a more in-depth approach to prognostication. So we decided to use clustering analysis, which Professor Beale will explain in a minute, as a more natural approach to deal with heterogeneity and delineate phenotypes. These phenotypes or groups of similar patients have combinations of clinical parameters that reflect both severity of illness, but also geriatric features such as frailty, which have different impact on prognosis and from there, different impact on treatment planning and decision-making. Excellent, thanks Sigal. And, and uh, as you mentioned, um, Michael, can you describe the methodology of your study in more detail? and particularly how you obtained your phenotypes and how you validated your method. Yeah, as uh, Professor Sviri uh, pointed out, um, heterogeneity is a hallmark of the population of very old patients. A natural way to deal with the heterogeneity or variability in phenotype uh, from a data science point of view is uh, clustering analysis. 
which is identifying subgroups of similar patients in a high dimensional data space. However, um, this is uh, easier said than done. So the classical way to implement a clustering analysis is the so-called k-means clustering algorithm. However, this algorithm uh, needs a predefined number of clusters or phenotypes, which is not really driven by the data, but rather preset by the investigators. To avoid this, um, uh, this problem, we started with a rather high number of clusters and then selected by a very rigorous um, um, uh, analysis, the real number of clusters that is representative of the patient population, of our very heterogeneous patient population. Then we tried to further uh, decrease that number by merging neighboring clusters. Uh, and at the end of that procedure, we ended up at exactly seven clusters that were highly reproducible. Thanks. And the, the results of your study made for some very interesting reading. Can you please share with our listeners uh, and expand on what these results were? Yeah, well, uh, there were surprising and less surprising results. Uh, the less surprising result was that there is a rather large number of clusters, uh, clusters which is seven. And uh, among these seven clusters, there are essentially three groups of uh, phenotypes. Uh, one group is the, um, uh, the or one set of uh, phenotypes is the, um, the, are the patients with uh, specific organ failures like respiratory failure, cardiovascular failure, or renal failure. Um, a very special uh, phenotype is the group of very old patients or the oldest old patients with a median age of 93 years. And the other set of phenotypes is the geriatric uh, set of phenotypes, which uh, comprises two clusters. One cluster uh, represents patients who also has a very high severity score, a very high SOFA score on admission. And the other one uh, is the, um, the set of patients with a rather low SOFA score on admission. Not surprisingly, um, the outcome was versed uh, for the phenotype of geriatric patients with a high SOFA score on admission. However, there's still a 50-50 chance of ICU survival in these patients. And this um, uh, essentially represents maximum uncertainty. So I don't know in the beginning what will be the outcome even for this uh, very specific and very sick type of patients. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, the ICU survival rate for most of the other phenotypes are above 90%. And even for the oldest old, with the median age of 93, the survival rate is roughly 90%. And this was rather surprising to us. It, it, I guess one final question um, would be, as intensivists, and given everything, given the, the, those results, Michael, obviously prognostication is a key factor in our decision-making when admitting elderly patients to the ICU and considering time-limited trials. And I think as well as when conveying information to families of elderly patients in the ICU. So Sigal, how do you think the results of your study affect your clinical practice now across these domains? 
Well, I think um, my, uh, Professor Beale made an important point saying that even the uh, frailest and oldest patients um, with a high severity of illness still had about 50% chance of surviving their ICU stay. So this is very important to acknowledge because we need to understand the extent of the uncertainty in this patient age group. And one of the ways of us to reduce this uncertainty is, as you said, try to uh, provide a time-limited trial. Uh, during this uh, period of time, ICU care is provided according what is required, but potentially to the maximum. And we reassess the response of the patient at different time points. Uh, obviously, we need to do this together with the patient and the family and the primary um, uh, care providers. But essentially, when we reach these time points, we assess the situation. Uh, if the patient is improving, if the patient is stable, or if the patient is non-responsive. And then we can decide further about treatment escalation, but also about treatment de-escalation and limitations of care. Um, I think this may reduce the level of uncertainty, uh, which obviously gives us information that we do not have on admission. And it also gives the patient and their family um, time to, to understand the prognosis and to integrate uh, uh, and to come to a more realistic expectation. Um, we need to take into consideration during all these time points, the patient's preferences, and obviously these will play a major role in our decision-making. Um, so interventions in ICU for very old patients uh, depend on the different phenotypes and they should trigger early discussion and shared decision-making with the patients, the families, and also other healthcare professionals. Uh, and to discuss the uncertainty and the expected benefit of, uh, to harm ratio of aggressive treatment. Um, another conclusion we can gather from our study is that decisions made during the patient's stay should include interdisciplinary assessments and discussions, such as with geriatricians, rehabilitation specialists, looking at the potential for rehabilitation for uh, patients, physiotherapists, dietitians, and pharmacists. So really this is an interdisciplinary decision-making process. Uh, we understand that our results need to be put in the context of different healthcare systems with local ICU triage criteria and also different social expectations. And these will obviously influence our decision-making. But I think our results shed a better light on those cases which are not clear-cut and may need further assessment. And looking into more depth at these phenotypes allows us to select those patients with highest uncertainty. I need to say that one of the limitations of our study is that we do not include information regarding long-term outcomes and quality of life, unfortunately. And these are obviously important for both healthcare providers as well as the patients and their families. So in conclusion, we have shown that critically Ill elderly patients have different phenotypes which may affect their prognosis together with other considerations, such as organizational issues and patient preferences, we can decide on treatment trials, which may assist us in reducing uncertainty and tailoring management to this challenging group of patients.
Thank you. Those are some great take home messages from, I think, a very important addition to the literature on frailty and ICU care of uh, elderly patients. I encourage all our listeners to read the paper in full, uh, which has recently been published in Intensive Care Medicine. Professors Sigal Sviri and Professor Michael Beale, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and um, we look forward to our next podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.